Hello, and welcome to another episode of In the End, a morbidly curious podcast. I'm your co-host, Emma Hitchcock. And I'm Tara Ingman. And welcome to 2020. Yeah, Happy New Year, everybody. Well, like 2020, the year, not the show. No copyright infringement. But um, (laughs) it's that time of year where everybody's like, they've got their New Year's resolutions and they're like super on top of stuff. And yes, one of the most common. Like week and a half at least. (laughs) Speaking for myself anyway. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the last time I saw it, somebody did like a study. They've done studies on this. And I think three weeks is the, uh, the cutoff. Like, that's when you stop yeah. going to the gym and stop pretending you're going right, to get yourself yeah. together. Um, right. But, like, one of the most common um, New Year's resolutions is to lose weight, right? And Yeah, of course. Everybody tends to go a little, like, whole hog on it. They're, like, going to do the <laughs> most extreme diet I can possibly find and, like... I'm only going to eat boiled chicken for the rest of forever. And like, that's <laughs> why you fail after three weeks, because that's not really sustainable. Um, right. Yeah. That also just sounds like gross. No, thank you. Pass. <laughs> yeah. That's not pleasant. I promise. But so I was thinking about that and I was thinking about like New Year's resolutions and how everybody tends to go overboard. And so I thought a really good topic for today would be starvation. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, like, how does a person starve to death? Yeah. What's the actual process of starvation? Okay. So, yeah, that sounds like fun. I don't actually know that much about it, except in, like, the very broad brush broad brush strokes, I suppose. So, yeah. Right. Of, like, if you don't eat, eventually you will die. Yeah, that's... Fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know that like eventually your body like starts to feed off of itself, basically. But like, uh, that's about it. That's all you got. I'm out. <laughs> that's all you got. All right. Yeah, yeah. So let's kind of go through. There's like phases of starvation. Like it is in fact a process that your body goes through. Um, right. Yeah. It's not like one kind of e- epic event. Um, it's a process. So. <laughs> To understand fully, like, how the process of starvation works, you need to understand how your body functions normally. Um, Right. Yes. So what your body normally uses for fuel and, like, what your body wants to use for fuel is good old-fashioned carbs. Woohoo. Yeah. Right. The most delicious and wonderful macro on the planet right i mean Um, that's why they're delicious because they like they light up all the pleasure centers in our brains because our body like wants them to continue living right exactly right um and the reason our body prefers carbohydrates is because they're the easiest to break down into glucose which is actually like what your body uses to for a fuel source um yeah yeah so there's a couple, there's like simple com- and complex carbohydrates and you can break, your body can break both of those down into glucose, but like simple carbs, as one might suggest, are shorter um, <laughs> and therefore easier to break down and faster right, to break yeah. down, which is exactly why like when you eat like a Reese's peanut butter cup, your brain is like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> your brain is not wrong. Yes. <laughs> Right. Your brain is not wrong and it's definitely self-serving. So, um, 
but like complex carbs are more things like whole grains and um, like brown rice and those sorts of things. And right, right. Nutritionists recommend those because they're less likely to cause blood sugar spikes. So hmm, yeah, according to most nutritionists, your best bet is to get about fifty to sixty percent of your caloric needs in a day from carbs, specifically complex carbs. Um, hmm. They, okay. They that tend to be sounds like a high percentage. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's your body's hungry and it wants to use yeah. the most readily available energy source, and that's the easiest to break down. So, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, of course. I think actually most um, most Americans get seventy to eighty percent of their. Yeah, I mean that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> and definitely not from like complex carbs. I'll tell you that. <laughs> right. No, what surprises me is that like. That's what nutritionists let the nutritionists say that high of a number. That's what surprises me about it. Like, not that people eat that much mm. of it, obviously, but that like that actually could be recommended. That's what was surprising. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they again, like what they're recommending in terms of carbs are like whole grain toast in the morning with right, right. like yeah. avocado on it and yeah, yeah, like yeah. those sorts of things. Um, whereas like the standard American diet is not like simple carbs, right? Exactly. So it's like, (laughs) yes, donuts and whole wheat toast are both carbohydrates, but not all carbs are created equal. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, But what about potatoes? I just have to ask because like, I love me some potatoes. Are they, those are simple carbs, aren't they? Those are simple carbs. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, sweet potatoes, which I also love and I know you also love, um, Are a little healthier. They're more nutrient dense, and yeah, and, yeah, um, and so those are recommended over like white potatoes, which are right, right, right. But like all potatoes are delicious. Let's be real. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, of all of the energy that your body spends in a day, about twenty to twenty-five percent of it is just your brain. Your brain mm-hmm. uses about a quarter of all of the energy that your body uses in a day, which is kind of awesome considering the yeah. like brain to rest of you ratio. Like that's a lot. Definitely. Um, and so your brain alone needs about, depending on what your height, weight, and metabolic rate is, um, about 100 grams of carbs per day to function. Hmm. Okay. Um. Ideally, like properly the way it would yeah, like yeah. to. So yeah, that's kind of status quo is like status quo. You're getting like 50 to 60% of your nutrients from carbs. Your brain is super happy. It functions all good. But when, so like stage one of starvation is when your body runs out of like a regular source of new glucose or things to break down into glucose. In stage one, your body has to feed off the glycogen stores in your body for energy. Um, So glycogen can be processed in your liver into glucose to keep things functioning. And your body stores Hmm. it typically in your liver and in your skeletal muscle. So, Hmm. so wait, is glycogen is like another form of sugar? It's a glucose. I mean, it's like a pre-glucose is my understanding. Okay. 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 It's like like a carbohydrate goes into your body and is then broken down into 
to glucose or stored as glycogen. Right, and then glycogen right, right. can gotcha. be broken down. Can be into, further. Bro- okay, right. gotcha. Yeah. Um, so what's interesting about glycogen is when your body stores it, it stores one glycogen molecule and I think four like water molecules with it. So huh. when your body uses those, you flush out the water that was stored with it. So like right. typically when people go on a diet – like they lose a ton of weight really quickly. It's usually that you're losing the glycogen water mm-hmm. stores because your body right. is not taking in enough calories. Right. So it's using that as so it's, energy sources. Right. It burns through that um, and then flushes out the water. And you're like, I lost 10 pounds this week. And it's like, yeah, of water. It was um, all water. Wait, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I can... Uh, Having done keto, I will get into the ketogenic diet at some point yeah. in this, but like, holy crap, that your inability to store glycogen messes with your body really hard. <laughs> just, <laughs> just be warned. Um, but anyway, most adults can store about, again, depending on height, weight, whatever, about a day's worth of fuel in the form of glycogen in your, huh. in your muscles okay. and stuff. So you That's kind a lot, of actually, yeah. Yeah, so depending on, like, if you work out really hard, you'll burn through that faster if you're, like, hang out in your apartment watching Netflix, like, a little slower. (laughs) But roughly 2,000 calories-ish, or, like, one day's worth of caloric needs. So you get your first day of not eating basically for free. Your body's like, I'll give you this one. Right. Your body's like, it's all right. I got it covered. No worries. (laughs) Right. I got your back. But once you run out of the glycogen stores, we go into phase two of starvation. Mm -hmm. So when it runs out of glycogen and therefore readily available glucose, um, your body moves on to your fat stores. Mm -hmm. So the liver will break down fatty acids into ketones, which is another chemical compound. Um, that can be used like glucose. Basically, uh. it's an alternative fuel source that your body can and right. is willing to use. Um, it's the ethanol of body fuel. Okay. Right. Right. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, and so... Not quite as good, but like we'll still get the job done. <laughs> right. And so this is why, like I was saying, like with the keto, the ketogenic diet or like keto, which is super popular right now. Right. This is what you're trying to, you're kind of trying to trick your brain into thinking you're starving. Yeah. So that yeah. it works off fat rather than carbs. So you have to keep your carbs right. really, really low so that your body continues to process ketones for fuel instead of mm-hmm. um, working off other things. So then it will eat its own body fat stores and then you lose weight. Like, yeah. Hooray for tricking your body into thinking you're starving forever. <laughs> Um, so after about a week uh, of being in phase two, your brain will substitute about 70% of its fuel needs, um, with, with ketones instead of carbohydrates. So, but, but yeah. wait, 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 well, I thought you didn't have any more carbohydrates to use. I thought that was the whole point. What has it been using this whole time? Like, what has it been doing? What has it been using this week then? There are still carbohydrates. I'm so confused. (laughs) It's it's basically it's using up the last of the glycogen stores or typically when somebody is starving, Uh, it's not that they're not 
eating anything. It's that they're not not eating eating enough. Enough. Right. Gotcha. So it will use what is readily available. So any available carbs or like glucose after you burn through most of your stores, like gets routed to the brain. Directly to the brain. Because the brain can't really function off ketones alone for long. Like it just can't do it. Okay. So like And which is why on like the keto diet, for example, or any of these like low carb diets, you still should be eating some carbs so that your brain can still function. Yes? Correct. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That's why gotcha. so um the ketogenic diet was originally um developed for epileptic children, which is a very spe- it sounds insane <laughs> and it sounds like a lie, but okay. it's true. Um there's something about making the switch to using ketones um, as your main fuel source that helps in cases of epilepsy that are difficult to manage, like for whatever reason, huh. and they're not entirely sure. Um, yeah. But in trying to treat epilepsy in children decades and decades ago, they discovered right. that having them close to starvation helped <laughs> manage their seizures. But you have to keep it really, really low. So the recommended carb intake per day is 20 net grams of carbs. Hmm. Um, Which is, like, enough to keep your brain functioning. Functioning, but but basically nothing else. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. Or, like, bare minimum here. Um, I know people on keto who will go as high as 50 grams of net carbs a day. It entirely depends on how your body processes carbs. If you're interested in that diet, you should look into it. But... Ultimately, it was developed for epileptic children, and it's tricking your body into thinking that you're starving. Because, fun fact, your brain needs carbs. It just does. <laughs> uh, okay. And I say that as somebody, and, like, Tara knows this, but, like, I did keto for almost a year straight, and I am back yeah. on it now. But I take my 20 grams of carbs per day very seriously because I like my brain. Um, so then we enter... Um, phase three of starvation. Hmm. Okay. So your body is not getting any carbs and your body is out of glycogen. And now it has depleted your fat stores. So the only thing Uh, it has left is it's like last resort panic button, which is protein. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah. And obviously muscles on your body Mm -hmm. are the largest source of protein. Um, so it moves on to eating your muscles to survive. Yeah, yeah. Your muscle tissue gets depleted very, very quickly, like way faster than your fat stores. For some reason, your fat is more stubborn than your muscle, and it will <laughs> go away faster. Well, um, that makes sense, though, doesn't it? Like, that's why the body, like, has fat stores, right, you know? Right, exactly. So that it doesn't fuel. have to start eating the muscles, like two weeks in you know right like that's the whole point of fat to be there as an emergency that will like last you until you can get some more food you know exactly so yeah that no totally. i mean that makes sense to me yeah your fat stores are like your elite fighters against starvation <laughs> um right they are trained for this so yeah optimal yeah. but they're trained for it like carbohydrates are the diplomats of the situation they go in and they're like let me handle this i'll keep it under control but once that runs out then the fat comes in and it's like i got you yeah and then uh 
your muscles and the protein in your body, I guess is just like the unarmed villagers. Um, <laughs> villagers with pitchforks. <laughs> exactly. They're like, no, you'll never take me alive. Um, right. <laughs> so um, the part of the problem here is that protein is essential um, for cellular function, right? Yes. Like you, you need indeed. it for your cells to function. And so once it starts breaking down, your cell function degenerates. Yeah. Uh, which, as one might imagine, causes some problems. So <laughs> in phase two, there are certain markers that you're in phase two. Like typically people who are in a ketogenic state who are functioning off their own ketones um, have really bad breath. Like keto breath is definitely mm. a thing. Um, yeah. Sometimes you'll get constipation or diarrhea um, those sorts of things, but it's not like crippling. If it were right, like you can still function, not optimally perhaps, but you can still like be a human living in the world. Yeah, and a lot of people who do super low carb diets say they feel better. Like their body just once it adjusts, right? They they feel better. Right. Once you're living off protein, you you don't you don't feel better. You don't feel okay. Um, <laughs> Typical signs that you have entered phase three or have been in phase three for a while is apathy, listlessness, mm -hmm. general social withdrawal, um, mm. flaky skin, hair loss, or like sometimes your hair will change color. Like sometimes it'll go gray or sometimes it'll just get a little lighter. Yeah, um, I mean, that makes sense because, again, your hair is mostly made of protein. And so is it like your skin right. as well. So Exactly. Yeah. So your body can't prioritize that. It's like, okay, you know what we don't need right now? Hair. We're good. We right. Gotta... Exactly. You know what we do need? Things like the heart muscle. You know what we exactly. don't need? Shit like hair. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. let's consume that first. Come exactly. on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> We're not out to win a beauty contest here. We are out to survive. <laughs> right. Shit is serious. We don't need that hair. Yeah. Um, I respect that. Yeah. No, I totally do. I in a survival situation, you know, you know me. I get it. <laughs> yeah. um, and I will say from having been on every diet on the planet my entire life <laughs> and still being like the fattest human I know, um, I am built to survive like the apocalypse or a famine <laughs> or a plane crash. Like I could live off my own fat stores forever because I have the slowest metabolism in the world. <laughs> And my body... The zombies will kill you before starvation does. Oh, absolutely. 100%. And then the zombies would have the slowest metabolism ever, so they would live forever. Because they'd only need to eat, like, one human a year. They'd be fine. <laughs> um, but so in this sort of, like, malaise and general degradation, um, you start to get immunocompromised. Your body does not right, have of course. the available materials to really put up a fight to anything. This is typically the stage where you will see something called kwashiorkor um, or kwashiorkor syndrome. Um, this okay. is when uh, it's most common in children. And this is when you see those pictures of like starving children with the really like distended, bloated stomach. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what it's called. Obviously, it's like it's a... It's a process your body goes through when it's starving, but, like, has been around forever, but I think was first given a name in, like, the 
forties or fifties, but um, it's, it's a special type of edema that happens when you're starving. So hmm, what you lose, you lose because everything is breaking down and your cells aren't functioning properly. You lose the vascular fluid balance and Mm -hmm. it allows your body to store fluids in the kind of in the vascular structure. So you start getting Mm. edema um, in your vascular structure on top of it. um, Your antidiuretic hormones kick in. um, Huh? Partly because you don't have any glycogen stores and it thinks you're dehydrated. Um, And so you start to retain more water because the hormones in your body insist on it. So you get more edema. Mm. Right, right, right. Yeah. And then your plasma. Right. Because your body at this point is like, we need to hang on to everything. Literally everything. That we can get. (laughs) Nothing wasted, guys. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Um, And then your plasma renin response also causes sodium retention because it's trying to keep your electrolytes up, which then also causes edema. So like when you see those like starving children that look like bloated and fat, that's why. It's just swelling. It's just hungry swelling. Um, right, because, yeah, again, the body is like, all of it, keeping all of it, never know. <laughs> Nothing goes to waste. <laughs> everything. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, that makes and, sense. Yeah, so, and th- so that's one um, possible syndrome that happens in phase three. There's also, and I forget what it's called, but, like, the wasting one where people just kind of, like, shrivel into nothing. Mm. Um, so that's phase three. Uh, typically... We have reached the end of our phases. We are now at phase four, which is <laughs> right. death. Which is death, um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. this can happen in as little as three weeks or up to question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, it right. has been hard for obvious reasons to put any kind of <laughs> clock on this because it entirely depends on your body's metabolism and your fat stores and whatever. Yeah. And it's, yeah, not, and it's not like you can like do experimental research. Exactly. On you this can't topic. just like yeah. throw somebody in a lab and be like, I'm starving until you die. How does that sound? Like, <laughs> right, let's bad. It's not feed bad. you until you die and see how long that takes, shall we? <laughs> right. So, yeah, yeah. Um, there are reports from things like um, hunger strikes. That go up mm-hmm. to like 72 weeks. That's typically the upper wow. range. Yeah. That I will see. But that's um, not like zero food intake, right? That's got to be like something being eaten for 72 weeks. No ways a person can stay alive for 72 weeks like with no food at all. Right? One one would think. That's just the reported <laughs> upper limit that I have yeah. seen. Um yeah. And I do know in cases of, like, morbidly obese people, they have put them on, like, fluid-only, hmm. like, the, like very low-calorie diets. Um, and they're actually called, like, quote-unquote, very low-calorie diets. So they're only yeah. taking in, like, 200 calories a day or something. Right. Um, and they'll maintain that for over a year. Um, but they yeah, have... Yeah, but again, like, you're... Taking You're taking in something. Right. Yeah. And that's what I was saying is like starvation is a process and it's not necessarily that you're not eating anything at all. Right. Exactly. It's that you're not yeah. eating enough to maintain enough basic to function. support your body. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I think that would explain the 72 week. Right. Upper that's what I'm here. saying. You must be like, yeah. you must be eating something. 
Yeah, and in cases of like hunger strikes and stuff, sometimes they'll like force feed them mm-hmm. occasionally. Right. And so yeah, I didn't. Anyway, yeah, little yeah, as three yeah. weeks to huh. question mark, question mark, question mark. Right. Um, to like, I mean, people survived yeah, in Auschwitz and other concentration camps. Sometimes, literally, for years. Um, yeah. Living yeah. off. Yeah. I think somebody. Like the last estimate I saw was that according to records, prisoners got 700 calories a day, but that was assuming they were actually fed. <laughs> right. Like yeah, everybody got what they were supposed to get, which they absolutely didn't. So Yeah, which definitely was not true. Yeah. And especially like towards the end as things started to break down, I'd be surprised if anyone was getting fed regularly at all. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And like people who worked in the kitchen were like skimming right. a little off the top and like, oh, yeah, you know. Of course, of so. course. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so, I mean, they, huh. a lot of those people would have starved to death. They were still eating something. So. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah. But so in stage four, also known as death, um, <laughs> <laughs> what you typically die from uh, is one of, t- one of like two things. Hmm. Um, the most likely thing to kill you in a situation like this is actually opportunistic infection. Um, right. Yeah. Just because you're so immunocompromised that you can't fight off basically any infection so yeah in situations like prison camps and that sort of thing like literally cutting your finger could be the death of you because you just right you can't um the other thing would be um so essentially like it's muscle weakness that gets you right because your body has been feeding off the proteins and it's been breaking down your muscles Mm mm-hmm and a couple of those muscles are like really important, like your heart, for example. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, cardiac arrhythmia uh, or heart attacks are the two other most common. Huh. Like once you reach the end, right? Um, it's your your heart simply cannot function anymore. Yeah, 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 and just gives out. Yeah, and yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, huh. Um, interesting huh yeah I wouldn't have thought that um ultimately like you die of a heart attack that's that's interesting yeah would never because it can it can be from muscle weakness it can also be from uh electrolyte imbalances can often cause cardiac episodes so either cardiac arrhythmia or a heart attack and that really I did not know that's wow that's a danger for like endurance runners which is why they're always like i need electrolytes like that's why because their heart could kind of explode um right i just kind of always assumed that like fitness guru people were being like drama queens about it i didn't realize it was that serious okay (laughs) it's also that is the most likely thing so (laughs) if you're looking at eating disorders um bulimics don't usually get into like starvation territory but they screw with their electrolytes so badly that they are more likely to have uh weakened heart muscles or cardiac episodes huh um okay interesting don't don't mess yeah that makes sense take electrolytes seriously friends if you're out running in 105 degree weather like i do (laughs) don't do what i do and actually drink some like water and some electrolytes (laughs) just yeah, don't, just don't basically just don't do what I do. Um, eat carbs and don't run in hundred and five degree weather. I I like to cheat death pretty much daily in the summer. 
my form of protest against just summer in general. Uh, um, yeah. So I wanted to talk about like huh. um, the last thing I want to talk about was like basically treating starvation because it is a process. And if you catch it, like obviously you can reverse this process. Um, so I got uh, the only thing I kept thinking, there were two things I kept thinking about in researching this. And I know that these are not the only times that people start to death, like famine, for example, um, is a problem. And (laughs) anorexics have this problem and, you know, anybody who's food insecure, all of these things. But what I kept thinking about was, uh, the liberation of Nazi death camps and, Andersonville, yeah, uh, of which was a prison camp. Mm, I know yeah, you yeah. know, but like just for non-Civil War nerds yeah. listening, um, yeah, 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 no, no, absolutely. <laughs> Let's explain it. Andersonville <laughs> was a prisoner of war camp in the South during the American Civil War, and it was like notorious. It was basically all yeah. of the accounts of it were as bad as far as conditions and starvation and, and that sort of thing as any of the death camps that I have read like about from World War Two. Like if you see the pictures of people who yeah. were liberated from Yeah, there, it they... was like concentration camp level conditions. Like they were not obviously like ushering people into showers or ovens or anything like that. But like the like the living conditions were like concentration camp level. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean the Civil War only lasted, you know, for what, four years. And um and I don't, the Andersonville yeah. wasn't established, I think, until 1862, but whatever. In the very brief time that it existed, uh, 13,000 people died <laughs> in it, um, which is pretty impressive yeah. for, like, a small, essentially, concentration camp uh, yeah. Yeah. in America in 1865. So, yeah, um, those are what I kept thinking of. So, once people get out, and you read a lot of accounts of this in... Uh, memoirs from um prisoners of of nazi concentration Mm -hmm. camps like once um once they were liberated there were there people were like yes and they like threw themselves on the food stores (laughs) and a lot of i would probably say like five or six of the memoirs that i have read like people managed to survive because that was like their initial instinct was to like throw themselves on food piles and other people stopped them from doing that (laughs) so yeah 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 I mean that is what you that's what I've always heard anyway that like yeah that will kill you also but I don't know exactly why that happens though yeah so let's talk about why that happens um well yeah so it's called refeeding syndrome Hmm. Okay, and there's actually some, sense. like, controversy on the history of this, because I think the first paper written on it was written, like, in the early 50s, and it was supposed to be about, like, American POWs that were released from um, camps in World War II. Um, but, like, hmm. psych, it was actually Japanese prisoners that we had that we starved to death until they got... <laughs> nice. Yeah. Whoops. But anyway... Um, that was the first paper on it, yeah. but you'll see instances of nice. this. Classy as right. always. America. America. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, they have since corrected the record and like whatever, whatever. But anyway. Um, okay. that's You'll good. see this yeah. 
throughout history, it's obviously not a new phenomenon. Anytime someone starves and then they eat a whole bunch of food, they have a tendency to die. So let's talk about why. Um, Basically, once your body gets food again, like large volumes of food, uh, it freaks out Hmm. because it's like in very unscientific terms, your body has a panic attack because it hasn't been (laughs) it hasn't been. getting food and it also isn't processing food normally at this point right like we're several steps away of course yeah from normal um energy production Mm -hmm. so as soon as it gets the food your body's like yes and it goes back like basically your liver goes (laughs) back into like full-on production it's like i'm gonna break down these carbs and it's gonna be amazing but that requires a lot of electrolytes <laughs> that your body no longer has because your electrolyte stores are already depleted, uh, which, again, can throw right. – uh, it can cause uh, cardiac arrhythmia. So that's an issue. Um, uh-huh. Also, when carb compounds – like, I'm sorry. When carb compound production starts again, it causes – cellular dysfunction because your cells are again functioning differently because everything is out of whack um and because of that Hmm. your cells don't get as much oxygen as they should be getting in order to function this way so you're kind of oxygen deprived right okay your cells are oxygen deprived okay um also when you're starving your metabolism slows down as a response um Obviously. Right. But it makes, yeah. makes total sense. But now that you have food again, your body like throws it back into high gear and is like, yeah, metabolism, burn a billion <laughs> calories. But your body's not set up. Your body hasn't readjusted to burning calories the same way. So right. your metabolic rate increases, yeah. which requires more oxygen, which <laughs> your lungs can't handle because of the cellular dysfunction that is now happening. So... Sometimes people in this mm-hmm. situation will need to go on a ventilator and it will be really hard to get them back off the ventilator because their lungs simply can't keep up with their own metabolic rate. Huh. It's like part of the reason, like huh. when when you start running, part of the reason it's so hard is because your body isn't used to pumping that much, much oxygen to keep up that kind of physical activity. Because right, yeah. like you're burning more calories, you need more yeah, oxygen. Yeah, yeah. If your body isn't used to it, it can't. So like your body isn't used to processing that much oxygen because it's been starving so now you're like hypoxic basically Mm -hmm. so um yeah yeah um and again with the electrolytes your electrolytes are out of balance you're getting a whole new infusion your body doesn't know quite what to do with all of this yet or where to put things it's just like it's a lot (laughs) um so right your body's like what the fuck is going on i have no idea what to do with this it has a nervous breakdown and it can cause again cardiac arrhythmia straight up cardiac failure much like actual starvation like if you introduce too Mm. much food too quickly right your heart will give out because it can't keep up with demand Mm -hmm. coma um and often dementia um as your brain tries to readjust dementia Part of what happens probably due to like huh. low oxygen circulating in your body, you can end up with dementia. Yeah, fair. So yeah, yeah. That's oh god, that's depressing. That was always like every time I read memoirs from like Nazi prison camps, like that was always one of the saddest things. Is like 
we've finally been liberated. I'm going to eat 55 candy bars. And I'm like, I am so with you. <laughs> Juliac. Nope. I'm going to eat this half bar of this half bowl of right. soup. <laughs> but then like, I'm so with them on the candy yeah. bars. And I'm yeah. like, yes. And then they die. And I'm like, I've made a terrible mistake. And so did you. Like, yeah. <laughs> it just seems like such a kick in the teeth. Like It's cruel, like, isn't it? So like insult on top of injury. I know. I know. So I hit that. So how do we, in treating uh, starvation, um, how do we avoid refeeding syndrome? So what they actually recommend is to start with, and like, this is assuming... I don't know. They picked you up off a desert island somewhere and you are like 20 (laughs) weeks in and you are not doing okay. This assumes you're like far into stage three. Right. You're like on the cusp of stage four. Um, (laughs) Right. You're like basically at stage four, but not quite. So they'll start you with sips of straight up just like glucose water or maybe. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Maybe fruit juice. Maybe. Um, Right. We're going to get really wild. Some right, juice. right. Yeah. Have some apple juice, friend. Have some apple juice. Um, they'll start you there. Jesus, that's so depressing. Right. On like a really um, – on the other hand, if you're thinking about this, like this is useful information if you ever are, I don't know, in a plane crash and you're stuck in the jungle um, and you're not doing okay, no – that, like, stage one of treating your starvation is, like, sips of fruit juice. So if you can find, like, a coconut, you're doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. But they'll start you there, and they'll also start you on... Or like, some tree sap or something. Yeah. Yeah, like, any kind of simple syrupy... That's basically just sugar water yeah. also. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, they'll they'll start you there, and they'll start you on an intravenous... Um, on intravenous protein to try and raise your serum proteins. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. because that's part of what goes wonky with refeeding syndrome. Right. Um, And they want you, when they start introducing food, which they tend to do slowly, they do like high bulk, low protein foods. So they want things like, like apples, Mm. for example, would be good. Like there's a lot of bulk there. There's some fiber Mm. to kind of like get things running again. Yeah. Um, but it's not basically no protein in an apple. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Because your body has been functioning off your own protein so you're trying to get it back to processing glucose and glycogen like you need to give it time to switch right. back okay so you okay wanna, so yeah because if you continue to feed it like steak and like high protein stuff it will just continue to run off protein right but you can't eat enough protein to like maintain that function it will still continue to be eating your own body protein is that what the deal is i mean you would still be in like essentially metabolically you would still be in stage three starvation if like the only thing you had to eat was like boiled chicken um like boiled (laughs) chicken breast you are probably not going to be able to eat 2,000 calories of boiled chicken breast every day for the rest of your life to survive so you need to like get your body back to processing glucose but you need to give it time so you can't just be like i'm going to drink six gallons of apple cider that's gonna be too much so it's like slowly slowly getting it back to the idea of like hey remember carbs remember carbs yeah remember how good they were carbs were awesome (laughs) i remember carbs here's some carbs do you remember like it's that process um because it takes you know 
as we said, it's a process to get your body into this state. And so you have to be careful right. processing it back um, in yeah, order yeah. to avoid coma. Yeah, that death, makes sense. All of those sorts of things. So <laughs> that's starvation, friends. Be careful out there with your New Year's resolutions. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Wait, I have a question yeah. about refeeding syndrome. Sure. So does this only happen, like, is this only a concern or a danger once you've entered stage three? Like, if you're in stage two, where you're, like, heading down the road to starvation, but, like, you maybe are not starving, starving, starving yet, like, is refeeding syndrome still a thing then? I didn't. Or is it just once you've, like, entered stage three that we're now concerned about this? I didn't see any mention of it from stage two. Um, Right. So I think it's only a stage three issue. I didn't think so. I just. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think so. I just. I mean, I think it would depend if you're in stage two, if your body, if if you're processing fats, but your electrolytes are all out of balance. And as somebody who did keto for a while, I can tell you Hmm. that happens. Um, (laughs) Because again, (laughs) your glycogen stores are not only good. like a good source of fuel but they also keep you from being super dehydrated so the problem I often ran into Hmm. with keto was I was eating fats and I was eating regularly but I was also exercising like a maniac um and so I would like sweat out all my electrolytes and I would wake up with like the world's most horrible like cramps like, I have never had cramps like that. And the first time it happened, I was like, this is how I die. Because I didn't know what it was. But it was my <laughs> my potassium was so low. So I actually, when I was on keto, I, I ended up having to take, um, uh, like, a lot of supplements. I had to take a potassium supplement. I had to take, like, biotin to keep mm. my hair from falling out and, like, all of these things. So um, <laughs> yeah. I don't think refeeding syndrome is as much of an issue, but you can have, if you are not careful, some of the cardiac issues that you would have right. with the electrolyte issues. You know what I mean? Like, it's not specifically refeeding yeah, yeah, yeah. syndrome, but you could yeah. still screw with your heart right. pretty badly. Obviously, there are. Yeah, of course. Of course. Depending on, like, all of the various variables. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that would be more like, again, if you're out in the desert and it's 105 and you're, like, sweating constantly and you're not able to get in, like, the salts and potassium and minerals and whatever, that's an issue. Mm-hmm. Like, you could die before yeah, you course, hit of course. stage three. You, you'll you skip yeah, stage yeah, yeah. three and I go mean, straight to four. Like every... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it depends on the circumstances and, like, I, you know different cases unusual like more unusual cases certainly but like in general yeah stage two you don't unless there are like some other mitigating factors like you probably don't have to worry about refeeding syndrome correct correct okay yeah refeeding syndrome becomes an issue um it's a serious issue for anorexics actually once they get into Mm. the hospital their heart muscles are usually really weakened um and so you have to be very careful about how you introduce food to them so again just keep that in mind when you're making decisions about how to go about your new year's resolutions that's all yeah yeah as we move forward into 2020 watch out uh keep an eye on these things right you guys just 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 remember all of these things when you're making decisions about food number one your brain likes carbs remember that just remember Mm -hmm. that (laughs) 
<laughs> your brain needs carbs in fat. Yes. Like a it likes them, them and it needs a certain number of them. So, I mean, and look, I'm not trying to be like down on the keto diet. It is literally the only diet I've ever been on that allowed me to lose any weight, which is why I'm back on it. I just actively hate it 30% of the time <laughs> and like low key hate it the other 70 <laughs> just because it's unpleasant for me. So yeah, thank you guys for listening and I hope you all had a happy new year. If you like the podcast, please rate and review us on whatever your platform is. Um, you can always find us on Twitter at In the End Podcast, or you can email us at In the End Podcast at gmail.com. And we'll be back in two weeks. Thanks, guys. Wash your, your core. core. Yeah, wash your core. Okay. Woof. All right. And I wrote it down. Wait, is that actually how it's said? Yes. Pronunciation. Oh, okay. Hooked on phonics didn't work for me, clearly. All right. Anyway. Um, this is typically the stage. No, go ahead. Okay. Sorry. No, no, no. Go for it. Okay. Just me. Yeah, I was like 20 minutes last night being like, is that that seems like it can't possibly be right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>